0: Welcome to He Read, She Read, the podcast where a couple of married bookworms discuss what they're reading and learning. Today we're sharing our favorite revolutionary reads. I'm Curtis.
1: And I'm Chelsea. We have a lot to talk about today, so we'll start with an update on our reading goals and then share some book reviews. And of course, we have some recommendations based on today's theme, Revolutionary Reads.
0: So my reading goals update will actually serve as a book review because, spoiler alert, I accomplished my goal.
1: That's exciting. So uh, remind us about your goal.
0: So I just wanted to finish an audiobook between recordings of our last episode, and on that I revealed that I was listening to The End is Always Near by Dan Carlin. And you brought up that this would probably be an easy transition because I already listened to his podcast a lot. Hardcore history for those that are looking for some good deep dives on various topics. And it was short. It was only like eight hours. So in the couple weeks since we've recorded, uh, just periodically throughout the week was able to get it done.
1: That's awesome. I know that that's something you've been wanting to do for a while, and it probably felt good to accomplish a book
0: Accomplishing goals is always nice. Um, The main focus of the story, I wasn't, you know, going in interested, a lot of bronze age discussion about how societies end and cultures and areas that aren't, there isn't a lot of primary source material from involves a lot of conjecture. So, you know, he goes his own way and tries to relate it to modern day with a lot of talk about climate change and how societies respond to different events. And it was a, some interesting perspective. I like his style. Uh, it's very... I would say it's dry for those that haven't experienced it at all. It does a lot of quotations and primary sources. But for somebody like me who likes history, it was entertaining, along for the ride, and would recommend. So that's my reading goal. And now I want to hear about yours.
1: So my reading goal was to read two of the advanced reading copies that I had from NetGalley. So those are ebooks and advanced reading copy means that they're before they're published to the public you get to read them and i finished one i read take a hint danny brown by talia hibbert and i loved it and then i got halfway through another one so i didn't quite meet my goal but i i call that close enough especially these days (laughs)
0: For those of us that actually met our goals, I don't know if we're (laughs) willing to count that as a completion, but.
1: That's fine. You can be picky all you want, but I am here for any victory during weird quarantine times.
0: Well, then I have to give it to you. Well done. (laughs) Good job. Uh, Why don't you give us your book review for the month?
1: well yeah that's the thing it's not like that's the only book that i finished i read a couple of other books that i really enjoyed one of them was a deeper darkness by jt ellison and this is a mystery thriller that was actually recommended to both of us on what should i read next episode 164 by ann bogle so she recommended this mystery to us and there's a military element to it It features a medical examiner, Dr. Samantha Owens, and she's the main investigator on the case. And she has a a dark past. She's dealing with grief. And then she gets called in to investigate this, what appears to be a death under strange circumstances. And of course, it is. So she investigates that in washington dc and there's like i said a military element sort of a political element to it and i really enjoy a good procedural mystery i liked that this was a different point of view because i've i don't think i've read a procedural where the medical examiner is front and center And so that was really interesting and I can totally see why Anne recommended it to both of us and I quickly put it in the mail so it should be on its way to you soon.
0: So the topic for this week's episode is Revolutionary Reads and originally we were going to focus primarily on Revolutionary War because Hamilton dropped this month on Disney Plus and that's just you know been a huge part of our lives since 2016 when the album and the show came out and then i'd say i've seen it probably two to three times all the way through since it was on disney plus how about you
1: um i've watched it twice all the way through
0: but the overall topic of the episode kind of morphed a little bit so why don't you talk about overall what we're going to discuss
1: okay well First, we will go a little bit into Hamilton because we need to talk about it a little bit. But then when we go into our book recommendations for revolutionary reads, we will recommend some Revolutionary War books that fans of Hamilton might enjoy, but also just books that felt revolutionary to us. Whether that means they sort of sparked a revolution in our reading life, or sparked a revolution of ideas and values in our regular daily life, but just books that really feel revolutionary. So we'll have a really nice mix to talk about, but like we said, this of course stemmed from Hamilton. We have talked a little bit about Hamilton before on the podcast, we got to go and see it when we were in New York earlier this year before before it all went to hell (laughs) and (laughs) um yeah it's it's been fun to sort of share the experience with friends and family and so you said you've watched it three times
0: Uh, i'd say combined um twice all the way from front to beginning and then there'll be times when I'll just go want to listen to certain segments or certain songs Uh, what was kind of strange, maybe not so um, overall but when I first listened to the album there were, you know, the showstoppers that I loved like I've always been a big Leslie Odom fan and Wait For It is probably my favorite song of that entire show but when we went to see it in person I had very different emotional responses to songs that I normally didn't and I found that was consistent with seeing the original cast on the Disney Plus recording. So like the two examples that I have are George Washington's um, Goodbye Song and the uh, Battle of Yorktown World Turned Upside Down situation where when we saw it in New York, I was (laughs) like, (laughs) I was crying and you looked over at me like, why are you crying? And I'm like, they did it. (laughs)
1: It's just funny because we, I mean, we both pretty much were teared up through the whole entire performance, but there were a couple of moments where one of us was crying and the other one wasn't, and you can't talk during a Broadway show, so um, it was fun to sort of download that, but it is really interesting that the, I mean, the performance has so much to do with which songs and which aspects of the show become your favorite, and... As a, as a theater geek, I really enjoy that.
0: Did you find that when you were either re-watching the Disney version or when we saw it that you liked or had different reactions or responses to different parts of the show?
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, my main different reaction was I felt so much stronger about Eliza's character seeing the show and had... Much bigger feelings about her story in general and the songs that she was singing. So that was the biggest part for me, seeing it performed versus listening.
0: And we're both in 100% agreement after watching the Disney Plus version that David Diggs is the low key MVP of that entire show.
1: (laughs) I think so. (laughs) There's been some really, there's been some other really interesting critique around the show that I've been reading and. I just think it goes to show that art can be such a good conversation starter, and I love analyzing and critiquing and all of that fun, nerdy stuff. So speaking of nerdy stuff, before we share our recommendations for revolutionary reads, we want to tell you about Libro FM. So I've been an avid audiobook listener for years, and Curtis, you've recently started to get back into listening with your reading goals.
0: Yeah, and like my rereading habits, I'm currently re-listening to Sea Stories by William McRaven from FM, who turns out to be our favorite audiobook subscription service.
1: They're the best. Libro.fm is our absolute favorite because with every single download we're supporting an independent bookstore. And you all know how much we love indie bookstores. So since we're all about supporting our favorite indies so we can go on plenty of bookstore dates when they open up again we use Libro.fm for all of our audiobooks. Plus the Libro.fm app is super easy to use. They just updated it and we seriously love our listening experience even more than before. So enhance your your reading life with audiobooks while supporting small business and switch to Libro FM audiobooks today.
0: Listeners of He Read, She Read podcast can get two audiobook credits for the price of one. You just go to Libro FM, that's L-I-B-R-O FM and enter the promo code H-R-S-R or go through the link in our show notes. With each listen, you can take pride knowing you're supporting local bookstores.
1: All right, so let's get into our revolutionary reads. Curtis, would you like to kick us off with either a Revolutionary War book or a book that felt revolutionary to you? Well,
0: I'm going to save the Revolutionary War books for the end uh, just because we just spent some time talking about Hamilton. So we'll close with that. Um, The first one I'm going to talk about is The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. And I would say this is revolutionary for me because I think it was the first instance where I was uncomfortable with the recommendation because it was something that you had spoken so highly of and was such a hot-button topic when I read it in like late 2017, 2018, a little while after it had come out, but it put me out of my comfort zone and I wasn't sure how it was going to be and it turned out that I really loved it and changed the way that I was viewing it. And not to say that I was skeptical of the entire book when it came out, but I wasn't sure if I would get anything out of it. And reading it change, just changed my perspective and realized that I needed to open myself up to different things that I normally wouldn't. And read more authors of color, read more books by women, and you know, it just showed. It was revolutionary mainly because it was a, one of your recommendations, and you can pick books that I actually like. What a what a thought.
1: I yeah so I think your skepticism it wasn't really coming from the fact that it was really advertised as a Black Lives Matter book like we had had a lot of conversations around Black Lives Matter and social justice prior to you reading The Hate You Give that wasn't necessarily it I think it was more the young adult packaging of the book that threw you off
0: yeah, I should have hit that more on the head, but you're right, You it, when you initially recommended it, I was like, that's a YA book, that's not for me. And it changed the way that I saw YA in a big context. So, you know, I've got you to thank for that, but it was her way that she could just put me directly into that world and, you know, world building is very important for my reading life. And she was, you know, I, I shouldn't have been skeptical of the depth but there was plenty of depth with this one.
1: Definitely. Yeah. I I love that example because I just I think it that's why it's so important to experiment and branch out in your reading life because you never know what you'll get out of an unexpected reading experience.
0: Yeah. So I think that's a uh, that's more what we're talking about with revolutionary folks, is something that will change your reading life going forward and that's definitely what this one did for me. I'm going to listen to my wife more.
1: I'm so glad that we have that on tape recorded everybody heard it right Curtis just said I'm going to listen to my wife more
0: (laughs) there's your intro
1: I'm laughing really hard but you actually listen to me quite a lot so I shouldn't laugh so hard (laughs) listen to my book recommendations more because you've definitely since then taken a lot more of my book recommendations to heart
0: have indeed, and it's been enjoyable. So.
1: <laughs> all right. Well, my first revolutionary read is really similar, where I really thought that I was just not a nonfiction reader at all. I was content to stick with fiction. I thought nonfiction overall was just not for me. But then I read Educated by Tara Westover, and it was the first memoir that made me think, holy crap, I really love memoirs. And it was the first nonfiction book that made me realize, you know, maybe not all nonfiction is for me, but it doesn't mean that I should completely discount it in my reading life. So it really turned me on to nonfiction and memoir. And once I started reading more memoir, I was able to start getting into even more nonfiction because I wasn't so put off before just like you were with YA.
0: Yeah and as someone who reads a lot of memoir it's been nice that you're kind of trending more in that direction because then we find some common books that we like to read and talk about and have done on the show.
1: Yeah, it's true. Memoir has definitely been a big place where our reading lives have intersected now. And I would say another memoir that felt really revolutionary to me was Know My Name by Chanel Miller. And I mean, that book really cemented my love of memoir, if it hadn't been before. But I also feel like it it was a book that just made me think about the world differently and just was such a powerful read for me and uh know my name is one that I passed on to you right away we both read it within a matter of days like it was unput downable, so compelling and it was a really good one to discuss so that's another one that I would count in the revolutionary reads category for really just loving memoirs
0: yeah, that was the first book I finished uh, in 2020, and is something I'm still thinking about, and is it's going to be on the short list for the, the best book that I've read this year when it's all said and done, even though it was the first.
1: Definitely. So, all right, let's take a turn from the serious to the less serious <laughs> recommendations. Okay, folks.
0: We're going to go inside the mind of a young 10, maybe 11-year-old Curtis, <laughs> and... When you think of revolution, you think of the Rebel Alliance. And you think of Star Wars. And you think of Star Wars. So, I I was a kid. I grew up. I watched the original trilogy over and over and over. Loved it. And I was a book kid and tried to go into the library and get stuff to read. You know, great illustrated classics, all those things. And then one day, you get to the library, and there's a young Jedi Knight's Book from the expanded universe, and it just starts a train of th- probably over 200 books in a collection <laughs> that you just can't stop for over the next 10 or so years. So, and we're doing a little bit of a twofer here. So, I started off reading like the Young Jedi Knights, specifically highlighting uh, Lightsabers by Kevin J. Anderson. It's a great series, uh, goes over the training and upbringing of. Han Solo and Leia's children. Um, And then the first book that I can really remember where I had an emotional response to the death of a character was in Star by Star by Troy Denning. And that's from the New Jedi Order series, which is something that I, to this day, regret that I rid myself of when I got rid of all my Star Wars books. But uh, I was probably 11 or 12 when that book came out, and like, sitting here I can remember where I was uh, in my grandparents' house uh, either over a summer or for Christmas sitting in chairs that we now own, uh, but when I was a kid they were just kind of really enveloped me when I was younger (laughs) and one of the main characters that you'd come to know and love throughout the series passes away and you like have an emotional reaction to it as a kid and so that was kind of revolutionary in a sense that I can get an emotional response, and this just isn't for fun, and I'm this deeply invested into a story, and it's from a Star Wars book. So that's something that I have tried to carry on into my adulthood. Like I enjoy emotionally charged stories that you get invested in. It doesn't always have to be a death, but it can be. Um, and you want to get that out of your reading life because it 's to me it's it 's worthwhile or more not saying it 's people have to feel that way to get something out of their reading life, but that 's what works for me so I that's love a, that 's we call that a star wars we call that a Star Wars two for Chelsea.
1: <laughs> I love that, and I love the line that you draw from getting so hooked on these books in childhood and constantly just chasing that high as an adult reader because I feel like that 's what so many of us who where little bookworms want now as grown-ups, mm-hmm. I would say that's yep. how I was with the Babysitters Club and Nancy Drew. I mean, such great series that you just gobble all of them up and you want more.
0: <laughs> uh, newsflash: I'm probably going to find a way to buy most of my Star Wars book collection that I got rid of <laughs> eventually.
1: <laughs> well you found a few it's it makes for a really fun used bookstore hunt so we've talked before about going to used bookstores and loving the scavenger hunt aspect of that so that definitely contributes to the fun of going to a used bookstore
0: 100 so
1: all right my next revolutionary read is the new jim crow by michelle alexander so this book this is heavy very informational nonfiction, so it's definitely revolutionary for my reading life in terms of that but i see this book as so revolutionary in changing how i see american history and the american justice system and i just feel like it completely opened my eyes so The New Jim Crow is about how mass incarceration is basically a modern form of slavery and Jim Crow laws. Jim Crow laws are what you can think of with segregation, um, pre-civil rights movement, and this book shows that the civil rights movement didn't just take that all away, but that the the same underlying issues are still present it's just in a different way in america so i'll just read a quote from the book to sort of wrap this up rather than rely on race we use our criminal justice system to label people of color criminals and then engage in all the practices we supposedly left behind Today it is perfectly legal to discriminate against criminals in nearly all the ways that it once was legal to discriminate against African Americans. We have not ended racial caste in America. We have merely redesigned it. So if you have not read this book, I cannot recommend it enough. It's it's really detailed and so thoroughly researched. And even though it is pretty dense it's almost a little bit textbook like it's totally worth reading and bookmarking and rereading
0: I like the academia books as much as the next person you know I'll brag about my books that I'm reading for my master's degree and so I will I know that I'll appreciate the time where and detail and attention it goes into and Michelle Alexander was a big part of 13th the documentary on Netflix I just watched that recently so I liked her insight on that and I'm looking forward to when I get a chance to read it
1: it would pair really well with 13th the documentary and I think that maybe watching that beforehand is actually helpful going into the new Jim Crow just because having that background will help with taking in all of the information and statistics that is presented in Alexander's book. All right, so Curtis now, we both have some Revolutionary War reads and I'm excited to hear your recommendation for us.
0: Yeah, we'll close out with actually getting to back to the original premise. Um, and I have a pretty wide presidential and Revolutionary War library. Um, so it was kind of a hard decision on this one, but I went with John Adams by David McCullough and it might seem interesting because he's not covered at all in Hamilton, which was the whole reason for this episode, except for <laughs> you know, the, the fat mother effer portion. Um, yeah. Like he's mentioned. Bat. Yeah. As not in, not in flattering terms. No. They didn't really get along. Um, But John Adams is a Pulitzer Prize-winning book, uh, one of two for David McCullough, so you know it's in-depth and well-researched. But what really knocks it out of the park for me is the the story about his family and the background with his wife, Abigail, and their relationship and their letters back and forth. And even though John Adams isn't someone who's normally celebrated... As, you know, a Washington or a Hamilton these days or Jefferson because of his, you know, his presidency wasn't as, you know, we'll say popular as some of the other early founding fathers. Uh, Washington was much more popular. Uh, Jefferson had the Louisiana Purchase and was known for a lot more, uh, you know, well-known historical events. But John Adams is that person who was the dependable rock behind a lot of things that dealt with the revolution and the starting of this country that is often overlooked. And I think I kind of appreciated that, too, where it wouldn't have happened without him, but he's somebody who's often overlooked and discredited and, you know, was he's a human. Like, he had... Faults and wanted more credit than he was get owed, and felt like he was been given a bad rap. But we're all that way, so I kind of liked that aspect of it too. Uh, but mostly, their relationship—I'll come back to with his wife—is probably the part that I enjoyed the most in their communication and their relationship going back and forth. Um, you know, he's—they've got a well-known string of letters for when he was overseas, which I think is why it's coming to mind now while we're separated by an ocean um but it's I read this a while ago and then it turned into an HBO series which I also really like and it's something I might come back to so
1: you're such a romantic I know (laughs) well this is funny because the very first book that I thought of in terms of Revolutionary War books is a biography of Abigail Adams that I listened to well, on that? audio by Woody Holton. Yeah. And she's a really fascinating woman. Of course, the book did mention a lot about their relationship, which was pretty sweet. But, um, she, I mean, especially if you watch Hamilton and you are a big fan of the Schuyler sisters and you are sort of interested in the intellectual women of the time, Abigail Adams is definitely in that category. Um, for So, for example, she was really ahead of her time with her scientific knowledge and she was all about getting herself and her family and as many people as possible inoculated for smallpox and i mean obviously that was totally the right thing to do but at the time conventional medicine thought that it was pretty out there and uh she she trusted it and it saved quite a few lives so um it was really interesting i do recommend listening to it on audio if you're the kind of person that kind of it helps to just like take that in (laughs) while doing other things it's not a book that i could have just sat down and read and read but i did like having it on and taking in the information while i was walking penny or doing the dishes and um i really enjoyed it so that's abigail adams by woody holton
0: look at us giving some credit to the adamses
1: yeah all right so after all of those reading recommendations for revolutionary reads we have some recommendations of the week
0: so i'll start even though uh, we both have some netflix recommendations i'm just just looking at nice to read the outline ahead of time curtis good job um (laughs) so i'm going to recommend the old guard which just dropped recently um i think in the last week it's a film uh starring Charlize theron and I don't know if I'm the first one to say this, but I feel like Charlize Theron is having, like, a Liam Neeson-like tread into action roles over the past couple of years. Like, I remember seeing Atomic Blonde. It was really good. She's been in, like, the Fast and Furious uh, last couple of movies. So the premise of the Old Guard is that she and a group of soldiers are immortal, and they go back... Uh, thousands of years and fight in different wars and stop certain events and kind of just try to be forces for change uh, throughout history. And people from modern times are trying to figure out who they are, monetize whatever is making them immortal, um, like with a big pharma angle, and they end up getting a new recruit for the first time in like 300 or 400 years. Um, And just talk about how they integrate as a team, Uh, work through whatever problems that they're doing the highlight for me is really just solid action sequences Charlize Theron is a really good action actress these days and everything was very technical so a lot of hand to hand combat, swords, shooting and like in in a John Wick that everybody seems to be doing these days so I liked it, it was a little long for about two hours but hit the high points for me good solid action movie
1: So my Netflix recommendation is The Babysitter's Club, and I loved The Babysitter's Club series when I was little, but I just adored the updated Netflix TV series. It is so cute and earnest and witty, and I just absolutely adored and loved it, and I am actually ready to watch it again because I just enjoyed it. It was... The perfect show at the perfect time when I just needed something light and fun. But the updates that they made are great. I love all of the main babysitters. And I'm really desperate for season two to come out like yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It was really cute.
0: Well, we're coming back around to the end of the show, and we thought maybe we would set some new reading goals for the next couple of weeks before we record again. So, you got something in mind, Chelsea?
1: I do. I think that by the next time we record, I want to have read a memoir, because I haven't read one in a while, and talking about these revolutionary reads... Has reminded me how much I love a good memoir, so that's what I would like to read by the next time we chat.
0: I think I'm going to say I would like to read a fiction book because everything that I've been getting lately has all been nonfiction, so gotta gotta branch out.
1: That makes sense. Do you have a title in mind?
0: I think I brought it up last episode, but I do have Stephen King's *The Institute*. So I think that'll be the next thing that I need to read.
1: Well, it's going to be fun to check in with our reading goals again next time we record. But in the meantime, if listeners would like some more book recommendations, plus what we're listening to, cooking, and talking about, you can subscribe to our bi-weekly newsletter at hereadsheread.substack.com.
0: Reminder that our upcoming buddy read for the end of August is The City We Became by N.K. Jemisin. For other news and announcements, you can connect with us via social media or email. We're on Twitter and Instagram at HeReadSheRead, or you can email us at he read, she read podcast at gmail.com. You can also find show notes at HeReadSheRead.org under podcast. Also, a big thank you again to our favorite audiobook service, Libra FM, for sponsoring this episode.
1: If you're loving the show, we would love it if you sent the link to an episode to a friend or posted about He Read, She Read on social media to help other listeners find our show and book recommendations. Thank you so much for listening, and remember, the couple that reads together.
0: Strives for revolutionary change in each other's reading lives.